Blog Talk Radio. George, come on. Hopefully you can hear me. Let me double check my sound thing. If you can't hear me, yell at me. Uh, Input. Okay. Input. Okay. So we're cool. So you can hear me, I think. Okay. So how is everybody today? It's a Tuesday, the day or second Monday in some cases, or the day after Monday. You know, where it's, was it Groovy Tuesday? I like to call it Groovy Tuesday. So everybody's having a groovy day, having some fun today. Uh, what are we going to talk about? Well, this week is really a little bit more about spiritual, I would call it controversies, a little bit of different opinions on different subjects about spirituality and and so forth. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Today's subject is about the soul. When does the soul enter the body? Now, without getting into all the, uh, let's say, controversial aspects of that, because some people, well, I'll get in some articles on that subject. And if you want to talk to me, if you have a question for my spirit guides, that I'm more than willing to take a call. And Sarah, the spirit group, it's not an individual spirit. It's not an individual. It's a group of spiritual teachers. They will help you with any areas of your life. Now, that's what I call coaching. It's intuitive life coaching. It's coaching because I let my spirit guides coach you and help you to come to conclusions and up to understand things in your life. And, you know, like this morning, I had one of my clients, regular clients call me, and, of course, they want predictions about when things are going to happen. And I usually try to turn it around a little bit and give them what my spirit guides advise them about how they can change a relationship and grow a relationship and, you know, hurt question was that she's been on and off relationship but this is not off topic but I thought it was kind of an interesting approach and we'll we'll talk about this a little bit then we'll let my spirit guides talk to you about the topic today which is when does the spirit soul enter the body Hmm, good question right because if from and I'll give you different opinions on that now because I've studied this and I've done what you call between life regressions of people, and we talked about that. And we'll give you some different insights on that and let my spirit guides talk about that particular topic. Well, back to the subject, and I thought that was an interesting topic this morning is about relationships. An on and gone, on and off relationship where it gets, it's going good and, and there's, you know, there's love supposedly and, <laughs> and all of a sudden there's big conflicts in the relationship, problems and arguments and relationship is broken off. And then after a while, the relationship comes back together. And what spirit was advising my friend to do was, look, you, you gotta, you gotta stop 
living from a fear-based relationship and move into a love-based relationship. It, you know, love is not just that emotional chemistry between two people. It's much more than that. I, I know I'm going off topic, but I thought this is really important, so I'll discuss it anyway. So if you have any questions about love from from this perspective, then we'll get into when the soul enters the body. But as I told my friend... And spirit was telling my friends, look, love is a lot of things. Love is forgiveness. Love is kindness. Love is generosity. Love is for, yeah, generosity. Love is loving kindness. Love is appreciation for your partner. Love is humility. And I also refer to, to the Bible in the first Corinthians. I forgot the chapter and verse. And you look it up, just Google love according to the Bible. And it's in first Corinthians. And it talks about love being long suffering, that love is not just that emotional high that two people love is something that has to sustain a relationship. And if you use the word love in that context, it really is about forgiveness. It really is about compromise. It really is about all these other qualities. So if you're in love with somebody, there's a lot of, let's say, effort that goes into maintaining a loving relationship. And as I advise my friend, that if it becomes, you you both need to learn how to disagree, how to go through the rules of disagreement, which is a very simple thing in some ways. If you can get there, first of all, you have to apply those, be willing to apply those aspects of love to a relationship. You know, the kindness, the forgiveness, the humility, the long suffering. I don't like long suffering as much as the other ones, but, you know, the generosity of spirit, the appreciation for the of your partner. And then you learn how to disagree. And, and the simple principle of disagreeing is when it starts to get heated and arguments get heated. We know that we're human, right? We get we, arguments flare up and we get heated. It's it's. It's it's an agreement ahead of time when it starts to get to that place, you call a timeout. You go to separate quarters. It's like boxers. You go to your separate quarters. You go to different rooms and agree that we're not going to talk for about 20 minutes. Nothing will be said or a half hour or whatever time frame you come up with. It takes you to cool down and your partner to cool down. And then you come back together with the idea that let's, let's resolve the problem. Let's do this in a very civil manner. Now, it's not easy, but it, as soon as it starts to get heated again, because we all want to be right, right? Don't we want to be right? I say I have a caller, and I'll be with you in a minute. We all want to be right. But sometimes right doesn't create peace. And what you're trying to seek is love as a peaceful relation. If you have love, you have a peaceful environment to live in and to grow and to prosper as a couple. So you need to get to that place where you're seeking peace, seeking compromise, seeking understanding the other person's point of view. You may not agree totally, but you can come to some kind of agreement, some kind of compromise. And that's really discussing it from a very civil and unheeded point of view. And one of the things that I've learned from in relationship counseling and working with relationship counselors is that you have a problem, so you need to agree to work on that problem together. And, you know, sometimes 
the more dominant of the two needs to be given that responsibility to come up with, start to come up with solutions for the problem. And you both will, and you have to agree on your solutions. So I wanted to talk about that's, that's what love is really is that ability to show all of those qualities in a relationship. Of course there's sexuality and lust and all that fun stuff, but more than that is that ability to, continue to show forgiveness, continues to show generosity of spirit or, you know, even financial generosity in some cases, but also to show appreciation for your partner and really be interested in your partner and their point of view. And it's, it's all of those qualities, humility, it's all of those qualities that make up love. It's not just that emotional high that you get from somebody. So I, I thought I'd share that. So think about that in your own relationship. And, and if your relationships become very heated and argumentative, at some point you have to come to an agreement to let's work on a plan to diffuse situations and work from a civil place. If you don't, one or the other will leave the relationship because you cannot take the stress of a relationship where there's continuous fighting. And if there is continuous fighting and, you, and your partner is unwilling to come to an agreement to learn by learn the rules of like rules of arguments and rules of discussion, then maybe that you don't have a relationship that has a long journey to it. And you learn from it. There's nothing wrong with leaving a relationship where it isn't working. And your needs are not being served and your partner's needs are not being served. Okay, I don't know why I got into that topic, but I did. So we'll move off of that. I have a caller. And then we'll get into when the soul enters the body. And it has some significance in our society. And there's certain issues that people are concerned about, you know, the birth of a child or the non-birth of the child and the soul and all that sort of thing. And I'll give you a couple different perspectives on that. I do have my opinion, which is based on my research and my studies and doing between life regressions with people and asking them and as they were going to the soul was going to enter the body when when the soul was going to when the soul was going to do that from a chronological time, from the point of conception to the point of birth, when does the soul enter the body? I have my opinions and I have some discussions on that. So we'll talk about that. And then I'll let my spirit guides talk about that. So I've been rattling on for a few minutes now. So let me take a caller and then we'll jump into that topic. Hello. Hi, George. Hello. I, I was just listening to your show. I was not able to listen through the browser, which is why I dialed in. But I don't okay. mind. A, um, I don't mind a message if you can give me a message. Otherwise, it's fine. Okay, um, a quick message. Let me see what my spirit guides have to say for you. Okay, the spirit group, and, and they're chatting with yours. <laughs> they're chatting with your ancestors all the time, or. When you have a question, of course. So I'm going to just let them talk to you for a moment. Just give me a minute. We have looked into what you have decided to create for your life from this point on. Now, you may or may not accept this, and you may think it's fantasy, but we'll give you what, what we see is your future in the sense of what you're creating. It's not 
karma. It's not destiny. It's more about this is the life that you have put forth into your life. And this is what you're going to be creating for your life. And, and we'll use the word near future. Now, we're not going to get specific about time frames and say it's a week from now or six months from now. But this is what you've created. This is what we would say it this way. This is what your soul is yearning for you and helping you to go towards. Do you understand what we're saying by that? This is, we're going to give you the answer, but what you want you to understand what we're coming from, this is what your soul is leading you towards because this is your will or purpose in life. And this is the purpose that you have put forth from before you came to the planet and to in this lifetime. We'll give you one word. Well, I'll give you a couple of different words. First word is prosperity. You have been seeking prosperity. Now, how you define prosperity, whether that's you're you're in the British system, that if that's one billion one million pounds or two million pounds to your name or whatever you say it is, but you've been seeking prosperity. So that is your outcome is prosperity. Whatever, however you define prosperity, that is your destiny. If you use that word to hear, but that's your that's where you're going towards is prosperity. Do you understand that? I and. And how quickly you get to prosperity really depends on how much you embrace the concept of prosperity, how much you're open and willing to seek it and want it and desire it. Do you understand that? So the time frame is a little bit up to you. We see it in your future. We see that something that you've, you've been working towards and your soul wants you to have because at some level, you, your soul wants you to live a luxurious life. Do you understand that? Do you understand what we mean by that? Um, I kind of do. Okay. Yeah. Luxurious means it's a comfortable life, a life where you, where it's not that it's totally the most extravagant life ever lived. You're not living the life of Bill Gates. Okay. But even Bill Gates lives a very relatively humble life based on his the amount of wealth he has. But it's it's a life where you can pursue and do what you do want to do comfortably. Okay, so it's a comfortable life. So that's 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 your outcome. That's your goal. That's your outcome. That's where your soul is driving you towards. And you just le listen to your soul. Listen to your inner self. Listen to your higher self. It's taking you to that place of prosperity. You have to believe that. Do you believe that to some degree? Do you accept that I concept? Do, I do accept that to a greater great degree. So it's just patience on your part. It's going there. It's getting there. You know, sometimes you get in a hurry going, oh, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to get there. But you will. Absolutely. Okay. You're, so you, 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 let, let's frame it this way for you, just real quick. You will retire with a significant amount of wealth. And we'll use the word wealth and your, your quotation marks things. Your significant amount of life wealth so that you can live comfortably in retirement. You will get there. Okay. Accept that. Okay. And your soul is leading you to that. Now, the other aspect of your life that you seem to be very concerned about is relationships and love, right? And you're frustrated Indeed. by it because nobody's coming yeah. into your life and you don't see anybody coming into your life and you've been promised all these relationships and it never quite seems to happen. But again, your soul wants you to be in love. So you will be in love. Now, again, we're going to avoid the time frame here. But as you get, as you 
recognize that this is a soul-driven intention to be in love, you will respond to the synchronicities in your life. Because we want to give you hope here because we, we want you to feel like, yeah, it's not six years away or it's not five years away or it's not three years away because – most people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear, well, yeah, you're, you're going to be in love in three years. You, you kind of go, yeah, right, sure. Right? Yeah, don't you agree that somebody promises you'll be in love in two or three years? You go, well, what about now? I want to be in love now. Don't you agree? Yeah, I do. So we will promise you from our perspective and from what you've been putting out to the universe and what you've been desiring, you're on the verge of being loved in love of you're on now see but you have to accept that concept that you're on the verge now it could be a week it could be a month it could be three months but it's not years but you're on the verge and if you're familiar with what the concept of the law of attraction means that that right person that person to use that word that person this needs to be in alignment with you needs to be prepared and ready for you to enter their life that woman needs to be ready for you as you need to be ready for that person and you've been preparing yourself to be ready for that person and so is that person so it's it's there's a little bit of a free will timing here but that person is getting very close to entering your life. Now, you could accept that or reject that, and you could go, well, that's crazy. I've heard this thousands of times. Or you can say, yeah, I can feel it. I can touch it. I can smell it. I can smell her perfume, her body lotion. I can smell her. I can sense her around me. I know she's in my auric field now, and she's going to be physically presenting herself to me soon. So believe that. Just It's not years away. And we're, not, we're going to be very careful of saying, well, there's a specific time frame because a little bit has to do with being ready and her being ready. And, you know, there's free will involved here. But we would say that it's in your near future because you're both coming to this place of mutual agreement to be with each other from the soul place. Okay? Got it? You understand that? Yeah, I do. Thank you. And, and that's true for it. Most people that want to, so you have to let go of anxiety about it or fear about it or, or just being anxious about it. Let go of the anxiety. It's a natural flow of your soul to be in love. Your soul is leading you to love and you have to accept that, that your soul is actually leading you there and that, that it's, it's, it's in the divine order of things to use an expression for you to be in love. So accept it, please. Yeah. Thank you, okay. Josh. We'll, Thank you. we'll let you go. Be well, Thank our friend. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Let me come back. <laughs> to my channel, it's like they, they, they don't ask me what they say because I never know, never remember what they say. But it's it's kind of interesting. That was a nice way of presenting it, isn't it? There's a little bit of free will there, but it's also, as they said, it's your soul driving you to a certain place in life. You know, if you let your soul, and this is the analogy, and I know we're off topic and we're going to talk about the soul, and that's good because we're talking about the soul. And so when does the soul enter the body? So I'll give you a couple of different arguments on that and different points of view. Um, and, okay, what was I going to say? So you're driven in different ways to get there, okay? So your soul is driving you. And then the analogy I, say that I would say to you is that it's like driving in a car, 
driving to some place can get really frustrating because you don't know. Oh, I'm ever going to get there. I'm driving. I seem to be driving forever. I'm going to. Doesn't seem like I'm going to get to this place, like relationship or money or whatever it is a new job or whatever it is. It's just frustrating that you're driving your car and you just don't not able to read the the road signs and the map is frustrating of how to get there in your life. And what spirit would say, what your soul would say, give it to your soul. Give it to your higher self. Let them do the driving. Let your spirit guides or whatever you want to use the spiritual term there. Let let you know there's that song, let Jesus take the wheel, if you're so inclined to go that direction with it, or Krishna or Buddha, whoever you want to do, whoever your spiritual master is, let them take the wheel. They know where they're going. They know where you're, you're, you're intended to go. So it's that almost that visualization of just getting in the back seat, having some fun, you know, watching a movie, enjoying life, letting them drive, letting your higher self, letting your spiritual masters drive you to where you want to go. You just don't take me to love. All you have to do is take me to love and you will be taken there. But you got to kick back in the back seat. You got to get away from the drive steering wheel. You got tell you can't tell them how to drive. Can't tell them how to get there, and you can't try to grab the wheel every time you get frustrated and say, "Well, I'll take over now." You let your spirit guides, or your, or your higher self, or what, you know, let Jesus take the wheel if you're so inclined to say that, and get out of the way. Go have some fun. Go read a book. Go go on an adventure. You know, do something. Let that that spirit teacher take the wheel. And that's a great analogy for it. And think about that. If you're trying to get something in your life and you're frustrated and you just don't know how to get there, I just don't know how to get there, turn it over. Get out of the way. Okay, so I'll leave you with that. That's a, that's a great thought. I'm not leaving the show. i got some 20-something minutes to go, but I'm going to talk a little bit about the soul entering the body. And there's some controversies in society about abortion in the body and the soul and you know and and you know life and you know the child and not the child and you know when you know from a scientific point of view when the body so so I'm not going to give you try to give you too many get it too much into the controversy of it let you decide for yourselves what you want to believe so when does the soul enter the body now, there's some great teachers, and this is from the yogi um, – what's his name? Oh, I always mispronounce his name. And Para, Parma, Parma Yogananda. Oh, I always mispronounce that. But let's get his point of view and from a teacher, a spiritual teacher. Um, Okay, let let me find the place in this article that really talks about this. At the moment of conception, he replied, when the sperm and the egg unite, there is a flash of light in the astral world. Souls there are ready to be reborn. If their vibration matches the flash of light, the rush into sometimes two more get in the same time and the woman has twins so they're saying that the soul enters at conception now from a christian perspective a lot of christians would say basically the same thing the soul enters the body at conception okay and there's this article gets into this whole discussion of well that the soul comes into the earth in the body 
and even in this discussion, there's a little bit of a disagreement. They're saying, well, maybe the soul is born when it comes into the body based on the astrological chart, when the moment the baby's first breath is the second best option. So we got a we got a mixed controversy right here. Well, wait a minute, is it at conception or is that at first breath? Now the first breath makes a whole different, you know, that changes the whole dynamics of of the baby because a soul the baby is just not really the full complete human, is it? Without a soul, you're not a complete human, are you? I disagree with that, but you know, we ever you ever meet somebody that seems to be rather soulless, lost in life, and struggling, and just having a difficult time of life because you're not being guided by your higher self. Your soul is your higher self, and if your higher self is not entering the body, you got a problem. You have a big problem from a spiritual perspective, from a, a living the life according to your divine plan, because your soul's not there as you're, as I would say, to drive the car. So when does the soul enter the body? So we have two different opinions. We have at seven and at first breath. Let me let me give you a couple other points of view from the Hindu teachings. And even in the Hindu teachings, there's a little bit of a controversy. Now, we, we've kind of the Christians like Christian philosophy is that it, it's at conception. Okay. And, and from Hindu scriptures, as it came to know the seeking of a male child or the seeking, the seeking the birth of the female child done, the Sanstar Sark is done in the third mouth month after conception so there's that philosophy even in the hindu scriptures that it's the third month now what do you think okay we're going to let my spirit guides talk about this and their details about this whole thing so you have this thing okay so you have conception you have first breath and you have about approximately the third month now i'm going to take you to a place of where I've studied this process from from a from a not just past life but between life regression and Dr. Dr. Newton, Dr. Michael Newton did a lot of regressions and between life regressions with people. And people would explain as they were coming into their human form or after when that Take, take place. Okay, so the same point prior to birth, the soul will carefully touch and join more, more fully with an impressionable developing brain of a baby. When a baby, when a soul decides to enter a baby, apparently that child has no free choice in accepting or rejecting the soul. At the moment of the first entry, chronological time begins for the soul. Depending on the inclinations of the particular soul involved, the connection may be early or late in the mother's pregnancy. So we're we're back to maybe just before birth or maybe three months. Now, in Dr. Newton's material and other material related to it, let me let me finish this paragraph from his writing on this particular topic. I have had access where souls time their arrival at the last minute before del during delivery. But this is unusual. Many my many my findings indicate even those souls to join the early seem to be due at a time traveling outside the mother's womb doing 
seemed to be doing a lot of traveling outside the mother's womb during her term. And now in other writings, Dr. Dr. Newton and other spiritual teachers or teachers who have done this kind of regression work generally say it's at least three months into it. And as we mentioned earlier, it's where the brain is developed enough to accept the soul. That's the key point that they make. It's when the brain is mature enough to accept the soul. And from a biological so forth it's generally at least three months into it okay so after the first three months and as he said here and as the hindu scriptures would say it could be at the first breath but generally not generally it's somewhere where the soul integrates with the brain and the body somewhere when the brain's developed enough to accept the soul so the the the, the teaching, as it now looks more inspired to say, is it sometime during the pregnancy that the child comes in, but generally after the brain is developed enough to accept the soul. So an, an individual has to decide on their own course as to a child and keeping the child or not keeping the child. How do you, do you feel that the soul has entered the body? What do you think? It, it most people would most mothers would know when that happens, believe it or not you you would have the inclination and you can ask your own higher self at that point your own soul when is the soul is the soul of the baby entered my body yet so that life that soul is ready to be part of that child so that's that's kind of a decision people have to make but i the point being that Okay, now I'm going to let my spirit guides talk to you about this topic because I've kind of gone on and on about it and spent a half hour discussing this and love and all these fun things. So I'm going to let them talk to you about it and see what they have to say and see if they differ any in any form from what I just discussed. Pretty much on point. And it's interesting how humans will take a point of view because they're trying to prove something for themselves and for the, the other religious teachings, other teachings that they have. So they're going to not necessarily knowing the fact, but have an opinion based on trying to prove a point. Do you understand what we're saying there? It's like you, you, you make an appointment like the soul. Okay, when does the soul enter the body? So you're trying to prove a point about the life of the child and that this is a functioning child that needs to be preserved and to come to full, full birth. And so that you're going to say that the, the spirit of the child, the soul of the child comes in at conception. Okay, so that's an argument. And that's an argument that helps prove a point. Now, is it valid? Is it a valid point or does it take to – so we would say and we would agree with this concept that the soul has to be prepared and know that the body is prepared. The brain of the child isn't prepared enough so that the soul can enter the body. Okay. Now, you have miscarriages and pregnancies. And a miscarriage a lot of times is, is because of a physical abnormality within the child that isn't growing in a way that the child would be healthy and that the bio the, – the, 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 well, the process is not normal. I guess you would use that word here. We, we're, we're trying to 
pulled out of George's brain, a more scientific terminology for it, but you just say it's not going to be a normal birth. It's not going to be a birth that could go to full term so that there's a miscarriage. Well, the soul knows that, and the soul is not going to enter a body where there's going to be a miscarriage because the soul knows that this child is not developing in a, in a, in a normal matter where it can function outside of the body. Simple as that. It's a simple thing. So miscarriages, the soul's not going to enter the body, even up to later term in, you know, you have a stillborn child. Well, the child was not capable of surviving outside the body, but the soul never entered that child because the soul knew, the higher self knew that that child was not going to be you know, be able to function in the physical world. So there was a stillborn child. It's tough. We we we're not we're not playing down the emotional significance of a situation like that. It's it's tough. It's rough on a mother to have that happen, and we understand that. But the little bit of comfort that you can get from that is that the the soul, the the essence of that the driver of that child as it grows and becomes a mature adult is not there. So we're going back to that basic question is when does the soul enter the body? Well, the soul decides. We would agree with this idea that when at conception, the child is not developed enough for the child to have the soul because the soul needs to integrate with the growing child so that it can, as George said, and scientists would say that the brain is functioning enough so that the soul can enter and start to drive the process because the soul will drive the process of development. Your soul is carrying with it the long-term goals and direction of the child. You might want to say that the soul is what is the instrument of direction in a child's life as it develops into a mature adult for purpose. No, the physicality, the characteristics are a whole different thing because the soul, the higher self knows what the characteristics of that child is going to be. That characteristics of that child, the you know, the size, the weight, the, all these other things, the aptitudes, the all of these other things are been built in so that the the individual as it matures and grows can achieve certain goals in life but the soul is the driving influence in that the soul is the driving the higher self is the driving influence to attain those goals to keep you focused on that if you're soulless and this doesn't happen very often Children are not born without souls for the most part. That That's a very rare situation. And that child does not function well in the world because it's, it's, it's not having the direction in its life. It doesn't have that sense of where it's going because the soul, the higher self, is giving you a sense of direction, is moving you in a direction to achieve goals and plans that you – because your physical body doesn't really know those goals and plans. It doesn't know the goals and plans that you have created before you came into the physical body. The soul knows that plan, knows that purpose, knows that direction, and will lead 
and drive you to those particular places in your life. The physicality, is, it just gives you the physical abilities to do that. The mental aptitude to do that. The physical aptitude and the physical structure to do that. But the soul is what's leading you to that, is, is directing you to that. So it's very important for that soul to integrate itself into the body at a certain period of time when it recognizes that this body is on a growth pattern to be able to achieve that. Does that make sense to you? Do you understand what we're saying? The soul recognizes that the body is developing at a rate and at a pace where it can now enter that body and give it a sense of direction of where it's going to integrate into every cellular part of the body. See, because the soul, not just the brain, it enters every, every cell of the body. Okay, every cell into the DNA, into the quantum level of that child. The soul is integrated. The intelligence of the soul is integrated into every aspect of that child. So the soul needs to know that child is developing at a rate where it can do that. Now you say that, oh, wait a minute now, time out. There are child, child children that are born with what you call disabilities, right? Now you may go, well, this is crazy talk, but we would say to you that's part of the plan. It's part of the challenge. It's a challenge that's set up. The body knows, the soul knows that that body is developing at a certain rate and there's a certain disability that the child has, but that's all part of purpose. And the soul enters. Now that child can function really well in the real world. Now, we'll give you an exception to that rule, an exception to that rule when the soul says, no, I'm not going to enter that body because the disabilities are too great to enter that body. And so that child, the life is short. It's cut short because the soul is not there to direct it and guide it. Now, some disabilities, the soul is there and helps that child to grow. And maybe the child, maybe the soul knows that that child needs to experience a short lifetime. So it's the soul that causes, that calls it the decision. It's not the physical. It's not the parents. It's not the doctor. It's not the religious teachings that decide when the soul is going to enter the body. It's the soul itself. When the soul recognizes that that body is developing according to plan. And the brain is developing according to plan. It's all according to plan. The purpose of that individual that's growing inside that mother. It's all according to plan. And then the soul decides, okay, we're on course. We're getting there. Whether it's what you would call normal child or a child with certain disabilities, but it's all according to plan. And then the soul will enter. But we'll emphasize to you, it's not at conception. There needs to be a time for the body to develop so the soul can go, yeah, okay, it's time. We're de- we're develop- the body is developing according to plan. Now it's kind of step into the driver's seat. We're going to step, the soul is going to step into the driver's seat, take over the direction of the life to lead that child to purpose. Hope you understand what we're saying about this. And it's important to understand that because it also, and it's not just from, well, whether that person is aborted or not, that that's not the point here. The point is each child 
has a soul that's directing that child in a purpose, in a plan. And it's regardless of what the parents are saying or doing. Once you contradict that soul, contradict that plan and purpose of the child, you're running against, let's say, the power of the universe, the source energy that's flowing through that child is directing that child, that soulfulness, that connection to the higher self is directing that child. So you start to contradict the direction of that child, you're running against the divine purpose for that child. So you need to seriously consider that. What is the child? What is their aptitude? What is their purpose? What is, where are they headed? And support them in the direction of their soul. Not what you think that child should be doing. Because it's not your decision. You can give advice. You can give guidance. You can you know, keep the child from running in the streets. It's the soul that's driving that child towards a purpose. And so you need to recognize that. You need to accept that. You need to encourage that. If they're an artist, you need to encourage that. If they're an intellectual, if they're a writer, if they're a poet, if they're a scientist, if that's the soul wants that child because of that's the plan that's already been put in place for that child to go there and, and do whatever they're going to do with it. There's some free will, of course. They're going to take it as far as they take it. But that's all part of the plan. Don't don't get in the way of the plan. We're, we're trying to advise parents. Don't get in the way of the plan. When you see the child is, accept, is adapting to their environment and really, really getting involved in certain activities that brings them a great deal of joy and pleasure, and it just feels that they're just naturally gifted for that, that's all part of the plan. Now, it could be an athlete. There's nothing wrong with that. could be an athlete. Don't discourage them from their athletic pursuits. Don't discourage them from their artistic pursuits, their scientific pursuits, their intellectual pursuits. Encourage them because that's the plan that the soul is helping them to unfold in their lifetimes. Okay? You understand what we're saying? I think you do. I think you get it. So it's encouraging them to seize those things in their life that bring them a great deal of pleasure and joy and creativity and what just feels comfortable and natural to them because that's their plan. And accept that plan because you have your own plan, their plan. Your plan is not their plan because their plan started way before they came into the physical body. The soul has already designed that plan and has already worked on that plan, and now it's implanting it into the human, human as it enters the body to carry that plan out. But yours is different. Accept that. They're not a mini-me of you. They're their own person. They have their own plan. Their soul is not your soul. As much as some parents would dislike that idea, but it's absolute truth. That is the truth. So let them develop their own plan according to their own desires, their own aptitude, their own interests, and their own passions for life. Thank you for listening. Bye. Oh, I'm back. Well, what did you think about that? That was pretty cool. I thought I didn't know they were going to go there. 
but that was pretty cool. I, at least that's my opinion on it. I, I just thought that was, I've never heard that before. And they were quite specifically uh, presented that way. So it's th- so a thought. I hope you get to listen to this. And I appreciate the opportunity. I'll probably be back tomorrow. I'm going to take one day off either tomorrow or Thursday. And, and what we'll do is we'll take on another topic that is kind of relevant in our society today from a spiritual point of view and a little bit of clarity from my spirit guides on that particular topic. So I guess the main point of all that is, hey, let them run their course. Let them do their thing. Yeah, let them find their own plan because the soul's driving your life anyway. I love that analogy. Well, I love you guys. I know I got a few seconds left. I really don't have much more to say because my spirit guides pretty much summarized everything today. But I will be back. We'll talk about another topic. I don't know. It, just, it comes to me in the morning. I don't know. Sometime when I go back to bed after taking my dog out, spirit just usually gives me a, oh, we're going to talk about this today. And that's what we talked about today was the soul and it's entering the body. And they got into more details than that. So I do love you guys. I will be back tomorrow. Have a beautiful evening. Thank you for listening. Bye now. <laughs>